0: R E A. R E A. R E A. R E A. audio R E A audio R E A audio R E A audio 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 R E A audio
1: reemployability (laughs) reemployability season two season two season two
0: We were watching football this past Sunday when a promo came on talking about the game set to be played on Christmas Day this year. What a treat, right? football all day on Christmas day. Well, my 16 year old daughter says, I don't think it's right for those guys to have to play football on Christmas. Well, I'm glad her heart is so family oriented and it got us all talking about not so much the players having to play, but all those support people that are involved in putting a game on. There's the people cooking and serving the hot dogs and parking cars, acting as security and emptying trash cans. You name it, a lot of people have to work on Christmas one small cross-section of our population that works all the time regardless of the holiday are those serving in our armed forces and many times the heavier burdens especially during the holidays fall on their families for that i'm super grateful you may remember tyler hundley he was on rea audio several months ago talking about a volunteer trip to peru where he helped build a playground. Now, he grew up in a military family, and I was fortunate to have an opportunity to talk to him this week about what that was like, especially this time of year. Tyler Hunley, uh, placement specialist with Reemployability, joining us. This is like our special holiday edition of REA Audio, and I'm really excited to have you because last time you were here, you talked about a a great... um, volunteer opportunity that you had yes. that was in peru right exactly and uh, and and that was so interesting i love the fact that that you were you know so willing to go do something so special for some people and your story about the kids was awesome and you know, we got to thinking a little bit about the holidays and, and what it is that that makes the holidays special and and you know how people look at different lives and and don't always understand what it's like to live in their shoes and I wanted to have you on because you grew up in a military family and that posed a lot of I'm sure special situations as as you were growing up right so if you don't mind just start off tell me a little bit about your experience, what was it like growing up in a military family? I imagine you moved around a lot. Yeah. Tell me, what was that adjustment like? How how did you
1: deal with that? Yeah, well, first of all, once again, thanks for having me on here. Uh, Happy holidays to you. Yes, so uh, a lot of unique challenges. We did move around a lot. My dad was in the United States Marine Corps uh, for 21 years. He's a retired master sergeant now. Um, So, I mean, I was born in Maryland, and shoot, we've moved all over the place, Mm -hmm. North Carolina, over to Japan, back to South Carolina, then California, then back to North Carolina, now finally Florida, I think is where we'll stay for (laughs) quite a while. Um, A lot of unique perspectives and challenges um, that come along with being a military family. I believe uh, the military represents 1% of the United States population. Um, So it's something that you don't really notice. You go to sports games and you'll see, you know, people stand up, kind of like we spoke about, um, salute to service. Um, but you know it, it looks like it's a lot more people than it is I feel like it's it's really just such a small group so yeah
0: yeah how, so how did that directly for, actually first of all let me ask what was your where was your favorite place?
1: To oh man it's tough because uh, as you grow up you you get new friends and things and you start to develop new interests. Um, Okinawa Japan was such a tropical climate and okay. such a cool place I mean gosh not that many people have lived there. Um, It is relatively common in the Marine Corps worlds that that people go and uh, and see that place. But I think that would be my favorite. Yeah.
0: How how was your Christmas different in Japan than it was, say, in Virginia or other places?
1: Christmas was different there. Um, That was the first time that my dad actually was deployed. So he he went over to to Afghanistan while we were over in Japan. Okay. Um, Yeah. So how do you, how does a family, first
0: off, just holidays aside, right, how does a family prepare for a deployment where, uh, did you, do you know the amount of time that your dad was going to be gone, and, and so how do you get in the right mindset and prepare for that?
1: They, they give you a rough estimate, um, and I definitely would um, like to place a lot of emphasis on how important my mom was to that um, structure that we had as our family. Um, you know, obviously, whenever my dad's gone, there's not much that he can do at home um, mm-hmm. to help out, and she she took on a lot of that. But yeah, so we know a rough estimate. Um, for Afghanistan, I believe he was gone for a year. Prior to that, he was in Iraq for uh, seven or eight months, I believe. You know, it's it's kind of iffy for me. I was a lot right. younger. I was yeah. five years old and then seven. So right. Right. Um, I'm sure that I remember it a lot different than she would. Mm-hmm. But Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so what do you guys do to prepare? I mean, I know that your mom took a... I mean, and your mom is the HR director here at Reemployability. Yes. So I can absolutely see how she would embrace those things and take care of everything. She's she's a great person. And, a, and I know...
1: Uh, she took care of you guys really, really well. But what sort of thing, what kind of role does a kid play yeah. in that in that type of preparation? In, in prep, I mean, it's it's it wasn't quite stay out of the way, but there's, there's a lot of things military-wise that he had to go do training for, um, and that's leading up months in advance that he would have to go for a couple weeks at a time. That's something not a lot of people know or talk about. Um, it's really not just the year-long deployment and then he's back for good. It's pre-training. Um, so we're prepping as in, you know, helping him out. Uh, packing food or helping him pack clothes, whatever it's going to be, um, and then, you know, once he's gone, we're trying to prep, back then it was, uh, we didn't have all the all these fancy equipment and things like that, it was a webcam, I remember, we had to go by, uh, make sure that it worked, uh, just from his work on base prior to him going all the way overseas, um, so things like that, you know, just trying to make sure that even while he's physically gone, he's still there with us um, and has a presence, so...
0: So you were able to do like video chats with him while he was gone, even while he was in Afghanistan.
1: Correct. Yeah. I
0: I often wonder about you know I look at all the technology we have right now and it's it's so helpful. I mean sometimes it's a burden, right? And people talk about people being on their phones all the time and everything. But the but the ability to do like that is is so wonderful for you and your family. I often think about what it was like in like World War II. Essentially, kids, nineteen, twenty year olds would go and they'd be gone for you know, years, never really knowing when they're gonna come back, and the only communication was between letters that could be delayed months.
1: Right, maybe a letter or two, it's, it's insane, right? Yeah,
0: I mean, can you imagine saying goodbye to your loved ones and not being able to communicate and not even knowing what's happening to them?
1: I can't imagine, that's that's the point, right? Yeah. It's, uh, we've come a long way tech- yeah. technology-wise. So tell, tell me a little
0: Christmas story. What, when your dad was deployed during the holidays, uh, What did your mom do? What memories do you have that were good ones and maybe some not so good ones?
1: Yeah, we. um, I'd like to kind of place an emphasis on the core family that we had, um, especially during the holidays. It's important to lean on people like that. Um, Whenever you're over there on a literal island, you know, not just metaphorical, but uh, Okinawa, Japan, you're sitting in the middle of the ocean. Not a lot of uh, extended family over there. Um, So she just tried to make it as normal as possible. You know, superwoman just baking cookies, Um, we were doing church events, Um, we would go, we had an after school program that we would go to they had work parties there as well Um, and then we were lucky actually, uh, one of my cousins was deployed over there in the Air Force at the same time, so he uh, or not deployed, he was over there in Japan as well. He was able to come over for Christmas, I remember. So we're opening gifts, um, making it normal for him and Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. as much as possible.
0: Were you able to talk to your dad?
1: I was, yes. So uh I remember doing a video call. It they were never that long. Um, you know, it's they're very busy as well. It's still work while he's over there. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, able to say Merry Christmas. Um and if not, it was a phone call. um, Day before, during, and after. So
0: yeah, yeah. that's nice. I remember uh, I mentioned before we started recording and, and I have such a minute experience with this. My dad was deployed during the first Gulf War. He was in the reserves, and he was gone for just probably six months. But I know how that affected our family, and that was we didn't have video chats, right? So he would we would tra- uh, send cassette tapes to each other and be able to hear each other's wow. voices, which was which was pretty neat. And and I remember there being like a, a support group for you know families and and it was brand new to us right we didn't we we did not sign up to be a military family you guys did but i can imagine or at least your mom did you didn't but i can imagine that there were were there any kind of groups available did you guys participate in that or was that not something that you did
1: now it it may be something that was done i'm not sure if it was something that was spoken about um i'm sure that there was a spouse group um you know for my mom and um similar spouses to Mm -hmm. be able to go and kind of talk things through. Um, my sister and I were, were very busy kids, so that once again, you know, that's just excellent um, on her part that she was able to take us to practices, um, but I think keeping busy was the main thing that we did. You know, this you don't just want to sit there and think about, oh, he's, he's gone over there. Um, you know, whether it's in an office or on a battlefield, he's, he's still away and we have to continue with life, so uh, lots of sports that she was taking us to, games, mm-hmm. practices, whatever it was, um, after school clubs, yeah. Yeah. So my dad was a medic in a
0: well, not a medic. He was a nurse in a evacuation hospital, and we knew that he was miles and miles and miles away from any kind of combat. Right. Um, we still worried, um, but not to the point of knowing that he was on the front lines doing something. Your dad wasn't like that, right? He was. He was he in more involved in in, in front line stuff. So, what did he do?
1: Funny enough. Um, my mom told us that he was, you know, in an office building somewhere. Right. Um, since then, we've learned. I mean, he wasn't infantry, per se, but, uh, yeah, he was He was out there. Um, forward operating bases, which is pretty much field of battle adjacent. Um, he, especially whenever he was in Iraq, I know that he stayed in uh, Hussein's palace at mm. one point, you know, after it was taken over. Mm-hmm. So he was there. He was in the thick of it. It was not just an office building. Um, yeah, so that that's something, looking back, I mean excellent on her part to not you know put that kind of stress Mm -hmm. on us Um, but that's something that she had to deal with on her own perhaps you know that she knows that he's not sitting in an office behind a desk Um, yeah so she so you didn't worry but but she probably did now we were worried kind of in a different way I mean he's still gone Mm -hmm. as as a kid you have different uh, perspectives on things I was just thinking like you know who am I gonna toss the football with like he's gone I want him to come back soon um, as I've grown up, I realize it, it could have been very different. And You know, we've had the misfortune, um, or fortune, I guess, that, that uh, he was back, but other people didn't come back. And that's uh, something that isn't spoken about enough, you know, the, the lives lost. It's a tough thing.
0: We talked a little bit about, kind of high level, how important it is for people to thank service members and to recognize the sacrifices that families make while service members are gone. And and fortunately, that that's a very accepted practice now. It wasn't always like that, you know. Back in the Vietnam era, those right. types of things, right? It was it was a lot different. Um, but I feel like some kind. Sometimes it's it's superficial, not superficial that people don't mean it. They mean it, but they don't understand. Right. Right. So, on the outside, is there anything from a from a family's perspective that people can do? especially during the holidays for military families that you're aware of that would really be more personal and more one-on-one? Things that, that they can actually do to help rather than just... And again, I'm not discounting the fact that we stand up at a hockey game and cheer for people. Right. I mean, that's that's important. Make the people, acknowledgement side. Very exactly. Important. But what about the real thing? What really could people do to help?
1: Yeah. Um, well, my mother used to work for Marine Corps Family Team Building. Um, it is a training group uh, where they help spouses, uh, Marine Corps families as well, um, kind of cope with these kind of things. They also help Marines, um, with the same thing. I think more funding for stuff like that. I mean, if you're going to donate, um, places like that, um, definitely need the help. Um, the Wounded Warrior Project as well. That's a huge one. It's one of my favorite nonprofits. Um, you know, I think that kind of putting your money where your mouth is, you can be thankful, but also, um, be separate and that's not necessarily as helpful. I know that being thankful is important, um, but if you really want to kind of salute service, um, donating would be extremely helpful.
0: Are you guys involved in anything now that your dads retired?
1: Um, currently, I am not. Um, I'm sure that there is something that they would donate to. Um, my mom used to work as um, sorry, my mom used to work for Marine Corps oh, what, Marine Corps Family Team Building, right. And also would do um, Wounded Warrior Project as well. Um, so that's something. She's a phenomenal trainer, so she would go and help out. Um, with things like that mm-hmm. yeah
0: I, I mentioned that your trip to Peru and and that came from a marine contact right? Yes. that that wasn't something that you just identified on your own there was a, a, a family friend who is a retired Marine as right. well right that does this anything else planned that you guys are doing uh, for for volunteer project? There's
1: always something in the works um, I'm sure you know it just it just takes a little bit of work to get it planned uh, there's not currently a trip planned, um, but, yeah, Dan Lysick, another shout-out. Uh, he's, he's an amazing man, um, former Marine as well. Yeah, we would love to get another group going. That one was a father-son's trip. You know, maybe soon there will be a, a mother-son's trip or something cool like that. Yeah.
0: What's it like now with your dad home all the time? Is it, I mean, I know you're older, obviously, yeah. So and you've been at, at school, so you've been away too, so it's not like you're a— a 12-year-old kid where dad's all all of a sudden home. But I can imagine there's some dynamics that change there as well. Absolutely. Um, And again, especially during the holidays. Uh, Holidays are a stressful time regardless. Um, How did you all deal with that, with dad coming home?
1: Yeah, so I was, um, like I was saying, he deployed, in my opinion, a majority of the time was whenever I was a lot younger. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was fortunate that he was around for most of my High school life um, and then all through college uh, he's been retired so the dynamic definitely shifts um a lot more conversations had that peru trip really helped spark some things um you know that we don't really bring up you know things like bonding or talking more on a high level than just you know what sports teams playing you know our favorite bucks or lightning or whoever it is uh, big tampa fans but yeah we, we started to talk at a much higher level after the Peru trip especially, um, and after he retired. I think it's really important to have those conversations about not just like, oh, what happened over there? That's, that's stuff that's his personal um, life, but things about our dynamic and what we want it to be like. It's very important to address.
0: If by chance there's anybody listening who is either a new military family, right? There, there could be somebody that just, just married a, a military member and they're getting ready to start a military family. Uh, any words of advice that you could give just based on your experience uh, of how to best uh, keep the family together yeah. and, and you know, be close to one another?
1: Um, I just want to go back to say that remaining busy super important. Um, if you find hobbies that you all enjoy as a family, those will kind of be the glue that keeps you together. Similarly, um, extended family. I know that whenever we were in the States, not overseas anymore, Every single holiday that we could, we would be visiting extended family. Um, That whole saying, you know, it takes a village, you know, what if my dad hadn't come back? You know, then we're glad that we have those bonds with aunts, uncles, all that, who are also um, Marine Corps members as well. But yeah, extended family, leaning on them, especially through the holidays, that's very important.
0: So in your role, your newer role here at Reemployability, you communicate with a lot of not for profit organizations uh, you've been doing that for how long have you been doing the, the communication with the not-for-profits
1: yeah so I believe that I got moved over to the placement representative role in June okay um, so, so about six months now pretty good amount of time yes you have yeah.
0: talked to your share of not-for-profits right what are you hearing from them during the holiday season are they slowing down are they getting busy what what can people do to help
1: so they are very busy currently Um and it's, it's my job to, to send our volunteers over their way to get them some extra help. It's hard to get them on the phone currently, but they're very, very busy. Have a lot of extra donations coming in, especially thrift stores, Salvation Army, things like that. Um, a lot of extra donations, not enough hands. So my main job is try to get them on the phone. I'm like, I'm trying to send you some help, you know? Let right. me just help you. Right. Yeah, so very busy. Do you have a favorite not-for-profit?
0: Do you have a go-to and there's a reason why?
1: Now, this doesn't really correlate to the theme of the episode with the military, but yeah. um, I placed with somebody yesterday, and I realized it's been pretty constant theme. I've been placing with literacy councils, um, so people that uh, are either teaching adults how to read, okay. uh, young teenagers how to read, writing as well. Um, and gosh, like what a, what a cool that they do, it's got to help with employment rates, it's got to help just education-wise for the rest of their lives. That's Mm -hmm. super helpful to be able to read and write.
0: Well, a lot of times when we talk to employers about utilizing the uh, transition to work program, when we talk about not-for-profits, they think of the go-to's, right? Food kitchens, food banks, those types of things. But you bring up a great point. There's a lot of other types of not-for-profits out there that have nothing to do with serving the homeless or gathering food or lifting boxes, Right. right? Things like that. What sort of roles do our injured workers play in uh, an organization like that?
1: Yeah, so the one yesterday, um, I was able to place them. They would be checking volunteers in and occasionally assisting with those classes. It's like a one-hour course that they're taking, um, literally going through the motions of of teaching them reading and writing skills. Um, We obviously have to check first um, that they would be comfortable with that kind of thing um, and that they have any experience. But once you get the right fit, that, that can really be a fruitful thing that we can get them set up with do you have a favorite re-employability story um man i one of my favorite stories currently is just that you guys were so gracious to let me be remote you know as a college student Mm -hmm. um and it's not quite a story but just the fact that i was able to still feel so included Mm -hmm. while i was remote once again shout out to the technology you know that we're using currently um able to do you know one-on-ones with my team lead or um group meetings, um, able to be on Teams chat constantly, um, to remain in constant contact with those friends and coworkers that we have.
0: It's interesting that you say that, though, because it kind of does come back to the military that we were talking about, you know, the military experience. You know, one of the things that always comes to my mind when I think about military families is is the kids that have to move around and make new friends everywhere they go. My daughter, she's nine. She just started a new elementary school this year. And, you know, I took her to the bus stop for the first time, and she knew nobody, and she kind of... You know, nestled into my leg a little bit, and, and my heart broke for her because I know what that feels like. And uh, you know, she's outgoing; she made friends, but that can be really it, it can fill kids with anxiety. How did you deal with that? And do you re, do you even remember that, or, or did that help oh. shape you into who you are?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it it definitely speaks to kind of my adaptability that I have, um, and I think a lot of military kids would share that same uh, core trait. Moving to a lot of different schools, one of my worst memories that I have, and we got to speak about this in Peru, a time that I was terrified um, was third grade, starting a new school. We had just moved back from Japan um, to a school in South Carolina. Didn't know anybody. Um, Not only that, but it wasn't summer starting new classes where everyone's kind of new. It was middle of the school year. Here's this new kid plopped down. Um, I was terrified. Luckily, I had my dad there, you know, walked me into class and everything and instantly made um, some really good friends that I still have to this day. But yeah, that's that's a tough thing. It gets um, doesn't really get easier. I would say um, you just get better at it. But moving schools like that is something that military kids have to deal with. What if I can give a tip? I would say just just reach out um, to old friends, kind of lean on them, just like you would family members. And um, I think that's what made our family so strong during times like that. Is that you know I have my sister going through the exact same thing a couple grades above me meeting new friends and we get to talk about our experiences together.
0: Well, your whole family's home now. Yes. Right? So yeah. everybody's together. You're back from school. So this should be a pretty special holiday season for you. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Tyler, thank you for taking some time to talk with me. I think it's really interesting to get the internal perspective of, of what military families go through. I'm going to do a little bit of research and post some links in the show notes for some organizations if people are interested that could help military families out now during the holidays. And uh, and I hope you come back and talk to us more about some of the things that you're learning while you're talking to these not for profits because that's those are the stories we want to tell us how we're helping people so you're right on the front lines for it so thanks tyler (laughs) appreciate it thank
1: you i always appreciate coming on uh once again you know thank you to our service members out there and happy holidays everybody
0: Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out more content at listen to REA.com. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. Make sure to check out our show notes for some websites you can visit to help support military families. Merry Christmas and happy holidays.